Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Sidebar with Cindy. On Kaya FM 95.9. FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Thank you, Tati John. He'll be back tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. And um, the time is two minutes past seven. You're listening to Kai FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. It is Tuesday, the 18th of June. I hope you enjoyed um, your rest yesterday and you've started your new week, which is going to be short. So we're looking forward to that. If you missed um, the previous shows, you can visit kaifm.co.za and listen um, to the podcasts on FM Rewind. You can also tune in on DSTV Audio Bouquet, um, Channel 861, or visit kaifm.co.za and listen live. Medical issues, sex and family, finance, parenting and emotional development. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. KFM 95.9, home of Afropolitan. So while progress has been made um, with regards to lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender um, people, it is still worrying that many people can't reveal their sexuality at work because of the negative consequences. And all of us need to understand the role that we play you know, in, in, this, in this regards. And that is what we're speaking about this evening. That are you an ally to the LGBTQ plus community in the workplace? So you can call us on 086-0000959. You can SMS us on 36959. And on social media, the hashtag is Sidebar Cindy and the other hashtag is KaiFM Talk. So this evening, I'm joined by um, two fantastic people. Um, the co-chairperson of SANIC and LGBTQ plus activists, Steve Letzike. And I'm also joined by Matlatse Nguna, um, a transgender woman who is an actuary and she works for the leading insurer. And she's been transitioning over the past two years in the corporate space and managing all the dynamics that come with it. So welcome, Steve, and welcome, Matlatse. Thank you. Good evening Hi. to your listeners as well. So first things first, Steve, I think, um, as I mentioned briefly off air that we start off with definitions you know we're not going to take it for granted that everyone knows what lgbtq plus stands for so i think let's start off by defining that and then obviously going deeper into the topic that's happening tonight on sidebar cindy yeah it's acronyms right and this is uh, populations you know it's not assuming that everyone is lgbtiq plus um you know l stand for lesbian g for gay B for bisexual, T for transgender, I for intersex, uh, Q for questioning or queer, um, and plus is really acknowledging an inclusive approach of gender and sexual diverse people. Mm. Um, I mean, if you go to other regions or countries like Canada and so forth, you'd find two spirits uh, included in the whole big, long acronym mm. there, and, and that is a reflection of acknowledging the identity and indigenous spiritual identity to it. Um, so it's, it's really about, you know, a term recognizing sexual and gender minorities or diverse people. And admitting as well that there's so much for us to still learn and unlearn. Absolutely. And that's the that's reason why we're having this show. Yeah. And that's the reason why we, we, you know, we've invited you and Matlati to be part of the show. Um, Matlati, just as, you know, an introduction from you. So you're an, you're an actuary. I'm an actuarial analyst, okay. um, so I don't have. I work with actuaries. Yes. Um, I don't have the professional designation myself yet. Okay, yeah. and you work for a leading insurer, and you're in the corporate space. Yes, I am. Okay, so so transitioning over the last two years, um, for someone that's just tuned in to Sidebar Cindy, yeah. what does transitioning mean, and what's what? Where are we going? I think let's just define that, and then we'll go deeper into the topic. Okay, well, when I was born, um, um, I was assigned male based on the appearance of my genitals. Um, And as I grew into myself and as I started performing gender and living gender, it was very, it was pretty apparent very quickly that I was either a a non-conforming person or or a woman, you know, so I was, I did not fit the molds of boy. 
And it took me many, many years of questioning and I've been through a few identities <laughs> throughout yeah. my life. So I identified as a gay man for a while. I was a non-binary person for a while. And then I just found myself and my womanhood um, throughout the past two years. Mm. And the past two years, you've been working in the corporate, in the corporate space. Um, well, initially I had to, I didn't work for the first year of my transition. Okay. Simply because it was a very rough time emotionally, um, hormonally, it was, you know, up and down. So um, I started my transition, you know, not being in the workplace. I mean, I rejoined the workplace um, about six to nine months into my transition. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was still presenting quite androgynous at the time. Um, So um, I didn't come in um, as a woman per mm-hmm. se in, into the, the job that I have now. I just looked very confusing to people mm. and, I've, um, and I've sort of started because I've progressed in my transition medically and, yes. I've, and now I look um, more cis-normative, I guess, to people. Um, so I've physically changed throughout the year okay. um, at an organization, yeah. And in that year, um, you know, the people that you work with, was it a matter of going in and explaining to everyone that listen, this is this is what's happening. I'm transitioning. So over the, as the years progress, I'm going to start changing. You know, did you have to explain to anyone, or do you only explain to your to your um, manager or supervisor? How did that work? Initially, I did not want to discuss it. Okay. Um. So I basically my documents say mail. So when I was applying for jobs, I would just give them my documents, and then I would show up, and they'd be confused for a bit, and then they'd just assume I was a gay man, and then move on. Okay. So I was recruited, and I was there for about a month, six weeks, and I was using the male bathrooms, and it became a problem very quickly. <laughs> problem for you, or for, for your workmates? No, for uh, my workmates as well, because I was, even though I was androgynous, yes. I was still very effeminate and very feminine in my my appearance yes. right? I was not a man you know what I mean so it, it was very much um, yeah so a comment that was made in the bathroom um, by someone um, he basically said are they letting women you know pee in here now and, uh, okay. and then at, at that point I was like okay this is not going to work um, I have to sort of bring it up with them and say hi I'm transitioning obviously people are noticing because <laughs> this They've man been passing comments yes yeah so I, I, I sort of um told my superiors and HR and everyone and they basically yeah I started using the women's bathroom great and then and, and there was no problems around that no no real problems um uh, the only uncomfortable thing was that they had to go <laughs> literally to all the women in the company yes. to ask them if they mind that I <laughs> Okay, and how did that make you feel? Um, it was a very awkward situation mm. and luckily mm. I work in, um, in a, an office park situation where I can... So I just go downstairs to a different company where they don't know me and okay. I just do my bathroom. I just pee there and then I just... So and I, it's been a year and I don't... I still don't use the, the work bathroom just because and I'm so I'm so grateful that you're here to be yeah. sharing this because this is a real story right mm. this is this is real and I'm sitting and I'm thinking to myself wow so they had to go and explain or not even explain ask permission in inverted commas yeah you know around that yeah that was it was I think they meant well they meant mm. but they also meant to balance the interests of the cis people there when they should have prioritized, you know, my interests, mm-hmm. um, right? Because I'm the marginalized person. Exactly. Based, right? So there's no, yeah, but it's it, it's fine, I guess. Well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to KFM 95.9. Um, I'm Dr. Cindy Fansel and I'm on side by Cindy. And tonight we're discussing um, the LGBTQ plus community and what they experience in the workplace and asking the question, are you an ally? To the LGBTQ plus community. So I have um, Steve Letike, the chair, co-chairperson of SANIC, and I have Mahlat Zinguna, um, who works uh, for a leading insurer in studio, and we're really unpacking, unpacking this topic. Steve, any comments of what, on, on what Mahlat has shared about her experience? Yeah, you know, Cindy, this is a reality that quite a lot of 
transgender uh, person and gender non-confirming individuals um, uh, have to go through and even gay and lesbian who are not necessarily presenting a cis mm-hmm. uh, whether you are butch lesbian woman or effeminate gay man mm-hmm. um, you would often be questioned and and the the issue of bathroom doesn't start now only just in the workplace it starts with how heteronormative way of systems have been associated or have been put on board whether in school whether in workplace the only place that you don't really find this it's really our homes where you have uh, uh, you know gender neutral uh, bathroom i haven't even thought about that um, i never even thought about that you know so that's exactly what has happened the system the way it has been um put in to divide aspect or gender uh, uh, for that matter has actually marginalized a lot of people and have um, ensured that you know people are humiliated and nobody cares and what uh, Matlatsi is sharing is exactly the reality of a system that needs to be one decolonized uh, uh, in that manner um, um, and we have seen uh, studies um, that have demonstrated gender issues mm-hmm. um, you know i even i for one i have experienced that a lot i mean i identify as a woman but i never dress up like one yeah. right um you know when you have a tie and you have a suit on yeah. and you walk into a women's bathroom and be like oh sorry you know the bathroom is that side and as if like people don't know where they're going i mean come on one it's that is a bathroom two is that i know why i'm walking yeah, in, and you wouldn't, in a you sign. wouldn't walk in by you mistake know, Exactly, yeah. and 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 that's exactly what Matlatsi is saying. Because I mean, she goes to bathroom, uh, wanting to relieve herself, yeah. you know, to a bathroom where she's comfortable. So yes. one, the workplace did not take her interest. Um, you know, two years ago, we've dealt with um, with a, a case similar to Matlatsi's, um, you know, of of a retail company um, in in the Val, of two trans women uh, who who were actually even fired and dismissed from work because of the use of bathroom. Um, And I think, you know, I mean, we won the case ultimately, of course, uh, because it's an equality matter. And the fact that you would want to, you know, undermine the integrity and and dignity of individual just for the use of bathroom, it's undermining on its own. Um, But also, you know, how do you go about seeking permission? to use to use bathroom that's on its own it's a very problematic issue that we need to look into but ultimately the root cause the system must change yeah. and I mean we're taking your calls on 86 you can SMS us on 36959 and on social media the hashtag is sidebar Cindy and Kaya FM talk and I, I think the one thing that always amazes me is how people don't realize just how strong the constitution of our country is they're just things that you cannot do and think you can get away with it. The, the ignorance around that baffles me, you know, to this day. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the constitution is there. The equality court, which often a lot of people don't use because they don't know about the equality court, so it's underutilized. Yes. I mean, these are civil matters that can easily, anyone who walks into a equality court, your system, actually the system is much quicker and, uh, and easier to follow than any criminal court mm. uh, procedures for that matter. Um, but we've seen many cases go through and one, two, three examples are always successful because you need to prove the inequality aspect of it Mm. and that system functions Um, but we do have tools we've got laws and legislators that can literally protect you know uh, the discrimination uh, uh, clause Mm. that can protect also the equality and freedoms of association uh, and and that on its own uh, the tools are functional and the rest of of the continents I mean uh, how how is the rest of the continents doing you know we we have a big problem but i think there are certain things that we can um, really celebrate for this year in particular. Yeah, I think you know, Botswana, Botswana just the two, celebration. you know, a week ago, yes. Botswana decriminalized. Um, you know, earlier in the year, um, uh, uh, Angola decriminalized, and and we are seeing SADC, Southern Africa Development Countries moving. You know, we know Kenya has a court case, and what also we've seen as something of a success, which is also not publicized accordingly, it's the World Health Organization decision 
decision to remove gender dysphoria as a diagnosis of mental disorder for transgender person. Uh, I mean, the fact that that was still classified as a, as, a, as a mental disorder that in itself was very problematic. Was very problematic. Yeah. And I think I mean that's that's on its own that decision on the 25th mm-hmm. of May means that we have depathologized and we wanting also to decolonize uh, gender identity in this case. Mm. But like I said, coming back to you, um, what, what do you think we can do um, to change people's attitudes in the workplace? Do we start with HR? Do we start with managers? Where, 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 does, where do we have to start you know, before we, we drill it down? I think you can start by supporting the colleagues around you because um, I think systems like HR and all of that, there's a lot of red tape around that. There's a lot of procedural things going on there, right? But if it's just basic human interaction, even if it's with, with your colleagues, right? So for instance, for me, the best way you can support me during a very difficult time in my transition where I was switching pronouns was to actively be the one saying, you know, she, her, she, her. And if someone um, uses the wrong pronoun, you correct you them. correct them. Because sometimes I'm not a very combative person. I don't know how to. So I'm, I might just sit there and take it. But if you are sitting next to me and you know I don't like to be called he, him, just be like, no, she goes by she. Yeah. Um, and the doesn't have to be dramatic because coming from me it may be emotional or yes. whatever else and not appropriate for the workplace so I think we can start by supporting our colleagues um, in various, very simple human ways um, and then just changing the culture mm-hmm. around around workplaces right and so and also just respecting people's yeah. um, privacy and autonomy right so don't ask people about their genitals um, at work like I'm at work like I feel like it's it's people are only comfortable asking transgender people about their genitals you would never go ask anybody else in any context about their I mean, genitals unless you're a medical doctor I don't see what business you have questioning people about their genitals yeah and it's usually like in you know in just very simple conversation um, it, someone would just ask so do you want the full change or something like that it's very um, it seems very really casual, but it is somewhat antagonistic. And, mm. you know, because in that moment, we're literally discussing my genitals and I'm at work. I don't want to discuss my genitals. So I think um, me being sensitive and just being human and supporting people in very simple ways. And and, and I mean, at the moment now in your workplace, um, how have things changed? Have there been any changes? I think people are very visual. Um, so if you present a certain way and they see evidence of things on your body. Um, so for instance, there are people who did not refused to, not refused like blatantly, but they yes. just called me he, him, regardless of how I presented until I was wearing a low cut shirt to make it see my breasts. Yes. And I know one person who just changed from that day. And you because, started using the correct pronoun. Yeah, because they saw that I had breasts. So it's very simple. Like, it's like, why are you... Yeah, so people are very visual, so I don't get a lot of antagonism, um, not direct antagonism anyway, um, from people just because um, I sort of blend in and, and whatever else and I present in a way that makes people comfortable. And so they are comfortable using the right pronouns. Um, which that should not be necessary for me to perform hyperfemininity and to do all of that to have my gender respected. Every time I would say I'm gay, when I'd lean forward to the microphone and say I'm gay for the rehearsal, every time I'd sob because I had never said that. You know, I mean, I think I'd said it, you know, once to my mother when I came out. Like, you don't walk around saying I'm gay to one another because, you know, if you're in a gay bar, you pretty much like nobody just goes over and says I'm gay. So to say the words I'm gay came from such a place of like, you know, like I said, it had been shame. It had been, you know, just self-hatred and, and you know, all these, all these feelings that society feeds you on a daily basis to, to tell you that you're wrong. 
So for me to say I'm gay was just this. Um, every every rehearsal, I would sob. I had to I'd finally for the show. Thank God it had all kind of come out of me because I wasn't supposed to sob. But um, it was it was a very emotional show. Sidebar with Cindy, Cindy. on Kaya FM ninety five point nine. And that was the clip from um, Ellen DeGeneres about her about her experience. Um, you listen to Sidebar Cindy on Kaya FM ninety five point nine, home of Afropolitan. Um, and we have about yeah forty minutes of the show left, and we're still talking about the challenges that the LGBTQ plus um, community faces in the workplace. And we're asking the question: um, Are you an ally to the LGBTQ plus community at work? And I'm joined in studio by co-chairperson of SANIC and LGBTQ plus activist Steve Letike and also Matlatsenguna, a transgender woman who works for a leading insurer um, in the corporate space. And so as a, as a medical doctor, I think what people don't realize about the way we treat people who are marginalized is that it has health implications as well, right? You know, physically, um, mentally, and also emotionally. So we do all these things without actually thinking about the consequences of what we're doing. So depression, um, stress-related um, disorders, whether it's eating disorders or sleeping disorders, all come about from living under such circumstances, right? And just you know, just before we came back on air, Mutlati was just sharing um, you know her her experiences in terms of what's happening with your health. Um, I was basically speaking about the. That a lot of transgender people hold in um, their pee simply because they are uncomfortable using bathrooms, and that can have very damaging effects on your bladder, and and it's just not a healthy thing to do. But people have gone like full days without going to bath, full work days without going to bathrooms because they're afraid of the antagonism they'll face. Um, and that's not healthy for anybody. Mm. Well, we're still taking your calls on 86 0000959. You can SMS us on 36959. Hashtag is Cindy. And the other hashtag is KFM Talk. So I have a tweet here that um, was, yeah, that, that cut cake cutter says, being LGBTQ plus in the workplace can be difficult. I've been asked to dress more like a woman to go for job interviews. And... Um, I introduce my sexuality if I get the job. So this is what you know she has to do to you know to, before she goes for job interviews. And uh, Steve, yeah, you see, it reminds me. You know, my first interview, I came in a suit, walked in into a panel of five, and they said, "Oh, we are really looking for Maposik." And I said, "I'm in the right place. Can I sit down?" You know, so you have to even convince people this is you i think this is the most difficult thing about workplace if the workplace is not diverse and you do not encourage a culture as uh, makati was uh, uh, sharing earlier you do not encourage a culture of diversity of 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 humanity of integrity for all and for all means you do recognize, you know, diversity in human beings and you respect the integrity of people. And and that's what we're seeing. You know, people would often think that LGBTI person are seeking special rights. No, LGBTI persons are not seeking special rights. LGBTI are seeking to enjoy the very same rights as enshrined in the constitution. That means that you will recognize their own humanity or their own human rights and you would respect that. Just because one is different, you know, to to you, it does not take away your right. It does mm. not take away your heterosexualism, you know, in, in, in that manner. Why would you want to take that away from people's identity, people's integrity? And and I think HR plays a very significant role, but also management plays a significant role. If you do not create an enabling environment that promotes the rights of everyone mm. and the culture of, 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 of diversity, but also a culture that can embrace one another. Who says work, workplace are for heterosexuals only? Anyway, why should homosexuals, transgender persons, often find themselves where they need to be explaining themselves. The we, we don't owe it to anyone. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, we all must coexist and, you know, not, why should I come out? 
why are people pressurized to come out? When do heterosexual come out? Yeah. You know, so so this is the battles we deal with on a daily basis. Um, one, we raise that because we want people to be recognized mm. and to be respected. We we are not seeking acceptance. We are seeking a full enjoyment of rights as enshrined in the Constitution. Okay, so if you're listening, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9. We have Mapula on the line and she's calling us from Johannesburg. And welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Hi, Cindy, how are you? Good, thank you. Um, hi to your guest as well in the studio. Thank you for the topic. It's actually quite insightful. And I just, I'm a straight woman myself. And what Mashati first explained about using the bathroom in the workplace. And my question, without discriminating, I'm just really obviously trying to understand and also be supportive as she has requested. Would a gender neutral bathroom assist? Because I think in as much that he, she rather, pardon me, would like to be supported, can we also be supported in understanding somebody who's transitioning? I don't want to work in, walk into a bathroom rather and be shocked and offend somebody but i also want to be supportive so the practicality of somebody speaking up for you and saying she i understand but what other practical things in the workplace can we do to assist and just a question on the gender neutral bathroom if it's not too offensive okay thank you so much for that question i think we'll, we'll let um Matlatsi and steve answer that before we go to the next caller well most buildings have two bathrooms um they really and the what people use as a gender neutral bathroom is usually the bathroom for disabled persons um so practically a, a, a gender neutral bathroom in theory is great but it would be very difficult um in practice um i would have left a gender neutral bathroom throughout um the very difficult parts of my transition but they simply aren't there uh, bathrooms are gendered, right? And you have to think of it this way. if It's not about you being shocked or you being um, uncomfortable because you know that someone who was assigned male is in the bathroom with you. Think about um, how if I were, even though I may appear to be a man to you, if I'm effeminate, if I am... Um, I'm still in danger in the men's bathroom. So think about the alternative, right? So when you are uncomfortable, you're just shocked, right? But there can be real life implications to me using the men's bathroom. I know people who are feminine presenting and assigned male who use the men's bathroom because they don't want to shock a woman. And then when they get in there, they're assaulted by men. So... In this scenario, you're uncomfortable, I understand it, but prioritize the safety um, of the person that you're shocked by in the bathroom. Okay. Well, in a country with high rates of violence, I think we need to consider a few things. Um, and maybe before I touch on that, you know, I've seen quite a number of countries implementing gender neutral bathroom. I mean, even at one stage in Botswana, yes. um, you know, I mean, at a conference facility where, you know, these two bathrooms were just turned into gender neutral and people would walk in, go to the bathroom, you close the door. I mean, ultimately it's a bathroom. Yes. You close it. It's a private space time to relieve yourself. And I think, you know, somewhere, somehow in certain spaces they work but in certain environments i mean you can imagine in a taxi rank uh, you know where you see how even just women are violated in mm -hmm. these spaces so i think we do need to consider the safety aspect we need to uh, consider what could happen even in these bathrooms we can't ignore the idea of violence of rape you know that women are, are still ex exposed to uh, uh, in that case but what do gender neutral uh, uh, bathroom would mean in safe in you know i don't know what safe environment these days but in certain spaces where it's controlled where it's managed where there's uh, security alerts and so forth um where we can even educate um, you know about these kind of uh, gender neutral bathrooms um, I, and I'm, I think it's doable if it can happen in our own homes it's doable to happen again in the public space I think it's a behavior issue Cindy uh, that we are really struggling with in South Africa that is so true um, so we're taking a call from Dr. Marvin who's also calling us from Johannesburg welcome to Kai FM 95.9 
Hello, Cindy. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. And I'm delighted to be able to call into the show, and I feel very privileged for having been speaking on your show with you as a guest last weekend, uh, last week, exactly seven days ago. Thanks, Movement. Cindy, I am quite overwhelmed by the callers and by your guests in the sense of their openness and bravery in order to express their issues. I am totally and utterly saddened that the entire show seems to have been about toilets. And I will say, as a doctor, um, as a person who's worked with transgender, gay, lesbian, bisexual, I can't even remember the LGBTQI plus 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 thing very well, but, you know, I'm 54 years old, mm-hmm. and my greatest sadness is that that is what this is all about. It's not about toilets. It's about bigger things than toilets. I will tell you that even as a 54-year-old, extremely educated and extremely potential, well, I'm not that successful, but I am successful in a grand scheme of life, through my genetic brain, if nothing else, to have survived a very strange childhood and to have been an obviously not heteronormative child, if you want to use that word. Mm -hmm. They called me head girl of my primary school. Mm -hmm. I was 12 years old. I didn't understand what they meant. I knew that I liked boys, but I didn't understand why I didn't like girls. I love girls for who they are, and I just, when I got a few years older, understood that I loved boys more. I still, to this day, in my gender fluidity, which is what I'd like to call it, mm. I am a gay man, but as a gender fluid person, I don't care whether I wake up in the morning and feel like wearing something that looks awfully feminine or awfully masculine. I sort of base it on whatever I have to do for the day. And, and I also, yeah. I just want to say, really don't care what anybody thinks about me. And I just pray that every single person that is listening or that you, we have spoken to or heard from tonight, just realize that you are who you are. You have one life, and you just better enjoy it. So stand up for yourself and be who you are. If it comes down to gender, you know, to gender neutral toileting, well, then, instead of having toilet cleaners, let the security guards just take the gun. And if any nonsense occurs within that environment. Well, you just teach the person and let me being rude. We all have a right to live on this planet. Mm. We didn't ask to be here. The way we turn out is simply the way we are meant to. Okay, well, thank you so much for that for that call, Mervyn. I'll take some comments from Stephen then from Matlatse. Um If you've just tuned in, you're listening to KFM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan, and you're listening to Sidebar Cindy. Start what, off with what's you, his Steve. name again? Mervyn. 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 Yes. Mervyn must note his privileges. I think it's it's also very problematic if we cannot accept issues and challenges that people are experiencing. We can't sideline that. Um, this whole conversation, uh, Cindy, is really not just about. Um, toilets. Toilet is also a big issue that must be uh, recognized that people, it's daily struggles. Um, if in, you're, the workplace, you know, I mean, in the workplace, in the workplace, 80% ho- you know, of your time, absolutely. going to the bathroom is one absolutely. of the things so, we have to do. So for me, the point is that he must note his privileges. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, what I want to say, um, you know, Indeed, if you you know we want to expand on the issues, there are quite a lot of issues. There's issues of education, there's issues of access to health, uh, 
um, you know, both in both public and private, you know, um, you know, to surgical care, to hormonal therapy. I mean, we can list all of it's this. It's frightfully expensive. It's frightfully Absolutely. expensive. And you can even talk about the issue of violence, just the mere violence experienced by transgender uh, uh, person, LGBTI person, uh, even for that matter. Um, one of the big issues that we had over 73 percent and this have been research that was done even from 2004 and the repeated studies have revealed the same number you know about violence that is targeting uh, trans and lgbti actually uh, persons in schools and which would also lead to school dropout mm. and, and and look at the implication once you drop out of school and you do not have metric or you do not have post your life, uh, schooling is, affected quality, your life is affected forever yeah. that means you're not going to get a good job opportunity economic opportunities mm-hmm. you you will be exposed to vulnerable social and structural uh, uh, issues and also what we have found out particularly for trans women for that matter you know people end up into the survival sex work yeah. mode and um, that we need to speak about so for me i think we can't ignore exactly what are the root causes and and i think you know while we recognize what he's saying yes. but he must recognize his privilege and where you are based so if you're coming from a lusikisiki you're not going to speak like marvin speaking yeah. if you are coming from uh, uh, soweto or you're coming from other townships or so Ever. the vulnerabilities the uh, marginal uh, multiple discrimination because you are black and because you are gender diverse or you are you are homosexual or for that matter multiply yeah, you're exposed but let's see comments before we go for a break um yeah i think what you, what uh, steve just said reminded me um of this is also related to the workplace how if your gender marker is not legally changed um, then your medical aid, regardless of how good your plan is, will not cover your affirming health care at all. Um, whereas, you know, cis people, they get all sorts of things covered. But for trans people, even if you're paying for it, you just will not get it. Um, and that's just something I picked up from that, uh, that, that we could do better. We're still taking your calls on 86 959 You can SMS us on 36959. We have Gamuchetswe calling us from Johannesburg. Welcome to Sidebar, Cindy. Hello, Dr. Reyes. How are you? Good, thank you. And thanks for calling. I'm great. Hello to your guests. Good evening. I wanted, to- <laughs> I wanted to say I'm quite an ally. I mean, I've always had issues with... Uh, I suppose for various reasons. So things like having bathrooms that are not representative of our society, the fact that they have changing tables and women's bathrooms only, um, you know, discriminate against same-sex couples, away it's the males, and also discriminate against husbands in Japan of spend time by themselves and single dads. Um, but in the workplace, I, I don't understand why there's no gender-neutral bathrooms in 2019 in the workplace when educational institutions have already led the way back, way back. Um, and the social scene has also led the way. I mean, why is a person able to use a gender neutral bathroom in a social context and not use it anywhere else? And the same people who are shocked that you're in the bathroom are the same people who are not shocked using a gender neutral bathroom with you in a social context. Um, but yes, beyond that, we do need to prioritize safety if we are going to go gender neutral. And I don't know if our, with the levels of violence we've got, um, whether our country is ready. Mm. And and yeah. um, what would you advise in terms of, of um, educating people in the workplace? What, what what do you think can be done? To start off with the managers, then you know speak to HR. What 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 do you recommend? I just feel, firstly, it's none of your business. Okay. So I don't see why I need to go and announce to my leadership at work that I'm going through this process simply to use a toilet. I don't see how much money I earn. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see why my gender as a woman even affects how much money I earn if I'm doing the same job as any man. So I, I just, I don't understand why it's an issue okay okay well thank you so much for the call like, yeah like your guests have said okay. when you walk into a bathroom you walk into it because that's what bathroom you've chosen for the reasons you've chosen it for 
All right. Okay, thank you for that. Steve? Yeah, I, I do think to some extent it does matter. Um, you know, we've got Employment Equity Act, and if it is not implemented in a right manner, it will exclude, um, you know, sexual and gender minorities. Um, you know, if your, your, your policies around, um, you know, the time of reproductive decisions, you know, are not necessarily uh, identifying and uh, they're still heteronormative, you know, you will exclude quite a lot of people. If your medical aids or your benefits at work, you know, are not recognizing that, um, you will exclude quite a lot of people. Um, it's not about coming out. It's just um, about going through what we sign in you know, when we take up employment, we take up employment not to benefit the employers. We take out employment because we also want to be part of the production because it's an economic issue. But also we want to be in a space that was promised to us because of these laws and legislation yeah. um, that is enabled. And if the policies are not speaking to, to me, um, you know, I'm at liberty to raise that. Um, and it might not, not, not necessarily be about me only but it might be about a lot of employees within the organization or company um, that people are working into. So it does matter. Um, you know, so, so I do think allies, um, you know, we do need allies to do a little bit of, take a little bit of effort sometimes. Yes, when it comes to you know, uh, um, you know, sexual practices and so forth. Yeah. We might feel it's private, it's your business, of course. But if we do not understand the magnitude of exclusion, the magnitude of rejection, of mm -hmm. integrity, of trauma that is caused by stigma and discrimination in the workplace, you know, we will not be able to address some of the nuances that people have to go through on a daily basis. And I mean, Stephen, some of the places that you've worked, um, I mean, you've always been a voice of reason. For, for many topics, yeah. um, which is, the, I mean, okay, so without naming any companies or any organizations, <laughs> which is the most ideal working place for you and what did they have that other people could learn from? <laughs> if you've had an ideal working place. I, I, I've had. Okay. I've, you know, I've, I've really, I've worked for quite a, a number of institutions before, um, you know, not only just South African institutions, um, you know, I mean, I've worked for, for, for LGBT organizations, yeah. so which, you know, you find yourself in a space where you belong and it's a non-judgmental space, whether you walk into the bathroom, you're taking a policy, you're taking a contract, you're writing a report, you come across uh, stakeholders so those spaces are quite very diverse but I've also worked in 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 the space outside the civil society or, or you know in development world like open society initiative um, uh, of Southern Africa and where I was not working in South Africa I was working with other uh, countries but those spaces were enabled environment I've also worked for government before yes. um, you know and and I think my first impression, even just by working for that department, um, you know, we had to deal with quite a lot of things. For me, I do not have time or patience, you know, let's get this over and done with. Um, let's deal, what is your problem? Because the problem here is not me. You know, you have problem to overcome your own ignorance or intolerance and, or whatsoever. And, so let's deal with that. What are your questions so that we address you? Um, and, and really was about creating your own enabled environment. And if you do not have management or you do not have uh, leaders within institutions that understand the practice of production of why we have workplace and workforce because you cannot work with a workforce that is unhappy mm -hmm. because unhappy workforce will mean that it's very low result for your production in any way whether it's from uh, it doesn't have to be just by manufacturing or whatever it has to do with what you need to deliver and meeting the targets of your work so so i think for me i have been privileged and I noticed that uh, of the workplaces that I've worked with, but I've also engaged quite a lot of homophobic and, and transphobic uh, uh, stakeholders where every time you have to think if I walk into uh, uh, um, this company or I go into this country yeah. how will I be received? I've questioned quite a lot of that but I think we need strong 
bold people who will stand up yeah. uh, visibly. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what, you must take that bowel of uh, a, a bowel of, of of action to stand up and say, "This is why we're here." Um, you know, we're here because of these issues that we bring on the table. It's about the competency of work that you are doing. And the rest should be history and actually should be easy to resolve because we focus on the matter at hand. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'm picking up for, from, from just what you've said is that if there's an issue, you nip it in the bud immediately. Yeah. So you don't, let it, you don't let it fester. No. Okay, so if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy with me, Cindy Fancel, and we're chatting about, um, you know, are we allies? To the LGBTQI plus community in the workplace. And my guests are Steve Letzike, co-chairperson of SANIC, and I also have Matlatin Kuna, an actuarial analyst in, 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 for a leading insurer in the corporate environment. Matlatin, just to um, add on to what Steve has said, um, what, did, what, yeah, what would you like to add on to what Steve has said? Um, I'd just like to add that it's the it's none of anyone's business attitude. As much as it means well, it is very isolating. Um, for me, to have to first of all worry about being able to blend in and pass for cis in that space in the workplace right because if i'm taking that attitude that it's none of anyone anyone's business yeah i don't have to deal with it then i have to worry about passing um it also just kind of makes socializing in those spaces very difficult because i'm very open about my transness yeah. i like every part of my life at this point because I'm just very I'm within my transition right now yes. has something to do with my transness right so if we have a conversation if you ask me what I did during the weekend something about being trans is going to pop up right so there is none of anyone's business as much as it's, it means well it is extremely isolating and you just have to sit there and you know, not interact with anyone, basically. We well, didn't discuss personal, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think the moment is individualized. Mm. That's where the problem lies. And, mm. and I think a lot of case, you know, often is that people feel attacked. People mm. feel interrogated, uh, undressed because it's individualized. It's let's talk about Cindy. And it comes across as yeah. just, I'm just curious, I need to know, but you're actually um, infringing on a person's rights. You know, unless yeah. unless you're a doctor and you really need to ask medical questions, yeah. we we shouldn't be delving that deep. Um, and but also, also, Cindy, I think maybe maybe the health sector. Yeah, it's something that we need to also explore because it's also plays a a problematic role yeah. at times with how questions or maybe terminologies or languages used. Up, up, yeah, up, up. Um, and, and, and I think we've, we've seen quite a lot of people walk away from the health sector, even in times of need, yeah. um, because of the language. So if you have our attitudes, the attitude, well, the language, you know, yeah. the terms that are used, you know, and, and, and it's not all the time that people are just assuming that, you know, there will be there will be that knowledge but yeah. we we are hoping um that government will step up you know their role in really ensuring that people are competent yeah and sensitized you know, and sensitized yeah. because we really do not have time um you know for patients coming in and then yet you can't have a neutral conversation why would you assume somebody who's coming in who's cis and you would think they would have sex only just with opposite sex yeah. or whatsoever you would have to have the right language to ask uh, patients coming in. Okay, so taking calls on 86 We have Tammy calling us from Johannesburg. Welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Thank you so much for taking my call. My name is Tammy Connors. I'm calling from home. Okay, that's a, okay, well, maybe we'll get her back. Okay, wait, Tammy? Okay, no, we'll, we'll try and get her back. Yeah, the healthcare workers. I think we'll have to have a whole other show around that because we worked in a we worked in a place where we worked for an NGO, an NPO. They did a lot of work in sensitizing health care workers around men who have sex with men. Mm. And there was so much prejudice to overcome. You know, just the, the, the terminology and everything I understood, that is something that came much later in the training. Mm. But you had to sit down, explain to people the differences between gay and, and, and straight acting. And so there was so much. And, oh, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. But here we are a few years down the line and things have improved. So a, yeah. lot, of, a lot of it is just educating over and over and over again and not, and not giving up. Yeah. You know, you spoke about, um, you know, I, I'm actually thinking about personal space now, Matlatsi Wuti. 
I can imagine that some people want to, to touch you. Women, you know, touching your hair or touching your face or touching, or touching your breasts. Has that happened? And if it has, how have you responded? No one has tried to touch me, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... Um, but there is a lot of curiosity, I think, about uh, people literally changing genders in front of you, right? So I've been asked, you know, how's it going with the with the medication? And and I don't like calling my hormone replacement therapy medication because it sort of pathologizes. Mm. I just think I'm going through puberty. <laughs> um, and that's what it is, right? Yeah. So you should be That asked, is what it is. Actually, yeah, yeah, so I'm... Um, yeah, and then and then there's a lot of the issue of um, ob- just objectification, just sort of happening. It's been very passive because uh, how men interact with women is very gendered, regardless of the context, right? And so when people see that you are starting to look a certain way, um, the way they interact with you um, changes. Um, and luckily or not luckily, people, there's a lot of stigma around treating trans women like women or whatever else. So I've been kind of left alone for the most part. But okay. there's also, you can see it in like whenever intimate spaces, when there is nobody else, there's a very big change in energy. And you're treated like any other woman is treated. Um, and that is in a very... Yeah, it can it can it's border it's friendly bordering on on something else. Mm. Um, so it's it's there's been a lot of like subtle changes in just how people interact with you. Mm-hmm. But no one has touched me. Thank okay, goodness. great. Well, and I'm also appreciative of the fact that you're sharing your journey with us on social media on Twitter, and then we'll post your handle. You know, once we've we've, we've taken a pic, and you helping a lot of people, um, you yeah. know, and learn a lot of things things that we took for granted mm-hmm. yeah i literally transitioned on the internet <laughs> yeah no. so as we wrap up steve closing statements from you look i think um there's quite a lot to do um lgbti persons aren't just about their own sexual orientation or gender identity they are human beings that contribute to the economy in fact if you look at the buying power it's massive Cindy it's massive so those who understand economy they would understand the worth and the contribution by LGBTI persons but also LGBTI persons experience quite a lot of challenges you know in like violence and access to services uh, and also you know education I mean Mm. it's a big issue and we're hoping those who you know call themselves allies can can be real allies Mm. and you know if you are still questioning it's okay uh, but it Educate yourself, empower yourself. It's there are important. quite a lot of organizations out there um, who does quite amazing work in yeah. Cape Town. You find Gender Dynamics, Triangle Project. You find Access Chapter 2 in Pretoria out. You find quite a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. Anova Health, they are out there who are doing work. And those even in the political space, you know, like Embrace Diversity, who are working with ANC and, and, and many others uh, who are organizing even in the political space. Um, so I do think... This LGBTI are there and they must be supported whichever way. Thank you so much. Matlatsi? Closing statements? Um, I'd just like to say just we're people first um, and I think that would fix a lot of people's problems and hang-ups and whatever else is seeing people as people. Yeah. Um, especially in the workplace. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, for joining me on Sidebar Cindy. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. On Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.